Hey, you're listening to the Coochie Business Podcast, where we talk about coochies in general to black coochies in particular. I'm Dr. Abigail, your host and coochie curator, and by tuning in, you are joining in the coochie liberation movement, where we break the silence around coochies through interesting topics, dope stories, and curious conversations that'll make you scratch your head, laugh, maybe shed a tear, but will always give you something to think about. Today, we begin Module 2 of Coochie University. Module 2 is the Coochie Lover's Guide. This is for the Coochie Lover in you. Okay, let me stop. This is Lesson 1 of Module 2. Yes, the Coochie Lover's Guide. And this lesson is coochie consent. So, yeah, let's talk about consent. I know we, we, we just have to. We, we really just need to. I know it sounds like we're in law school or in a meeting with some notary business people. I mean, think about it. Consent is definitely not a sexy word. It sounds so, so, so formal. Like, imagine it's sexy time, but then you pause and say, please, consent form. Sign here and here and here and initial here two or three or four times. Okay, so let's break down the science and art of consent because here's the thing consent is actually really a pretty simple concept think about it consents con together sentir where the origin of that part of the word feel let's feel together the definition of consent is both a noun and a verb meaning to give permission for something to happen or be in an agreement to do something like no change may be made without the consent of all parties. Does sound like a legal contract, huh? It's also a verb, which means to give permission for something to happen. He consented to a search by a detective. You might have heard about some phrases that use consents, and yeah, I'll admit they all sound boring or like legalese or pretentious or snooty sounding or just plain intimidating. By common consent, with the agreement of all, which is what that means, it was by common consent, our finest performance, Uh, or informed consent, that's really familiar to me at least, that's permission granted with knowledge of possible consequences, typically in a medical situation, so that you know what the risks are. Yeah, all of that might be true that it's simple but the fact that we live in the society that we live in globally the fact that sexual violence has been around for a while and is on the rise in a lot of places especially against coochies around the world you know centuries of hegemony misogyny sexism so even though it's a simple concept that sounds boring or uninteresting, it's actually not such a simple thing when we talk about sexual consent. So we got to talk about it. Let's unpack it a little bit. Fortunately or unfortunately, I guess fortunately for the visibility in the era of the hashtag Me Too movement, we're hearing more public conversations and seeing more actions and consequences for the most part, for sexual violence in general and against 
women in particular. So maybe this brings us to point number one. Consent is not just about or for coochies or their respective owners. Consent is for all of us who engage in sexual activity or not because it's about giving consent. So yes or no, do I want to do it? Right. We're just talking about coochie consent because um, this is coochie business, right? (laughs) And so coochie lovers who want to get some coochie coochie got to understand coochie consent. Now, that being said, we should all know by now on some level that coochie lovers may or may not have coochies themselves, right? So point number two is just because you have a coochie yourself does not mean you don't have to get coochie consent from that other coochie that you want to engage in, right? Hmm. All right, let's pause for a moment and think about how, where, if you ever learned about sexual consent, healthy or unhealthy consent, right? Because there are two different kinds, if not more. We tend to learn about consent, sexual consent from different forms of social, familial, community conditioning, messages around media and TV, movies, internet, friends, family, right? Think about the typical messaging that you want to, I'm going to be really binary here. So think about the typical messaging that you, that you think is given to a young heterosexual man who's pursuing a heterosexual coochie. The idea, if you just go off of the messaging and media and and, and friends that you just typically hear, the idea that you probably come away with is that he's got to trick, coerce this young woman to have sex with him. And that's okay. And she kind of expects it, too. She's got to pursue me and do all these things. And those reinforcements of really unhealthy consent have been normalized, right? And let's not talk about pornography and other things that you see in media. Generally speaking, those reinforce more of that manipulation and force and violence. Not to mention pornography in general. (laughs) Those images are created on pure fantasy. Oh, okay, sidebar. Can we deconstruct the fantasy around pornography for a moment? Like, what's up with that? Why do most people think that what they see on porn sites is real or should be real? I mean, come on, it's a studio set. Think about it. You don't go and watch a movie like Fast and Furious and, and, and think that that's how people drive on the street. So why do people think that that's what porn is in reality? I, I, anyway, that was a sidebar. Let's bring it back. So the reality for most of us is that where and how we learn about or if we learn about sexual consent came from the environments that we exist in. And they're toxic, sexist, misogynistic misogyny is about the hatred and dislike of women and girls and that's the culture that we live in whether we acknowledge it or not this can this can be for women too women and girls can be sexist and misogynistic towards women and girls ourselves because of the culture we live in we've all received years upon years of compounded information about how we're supposed to act based on some particularly typically externally imposed identity whether it's your personal identity or sexual identity right we've all been exposed to these learned habits and conditioning that impact most of us in in some deeply psychological and subconscious ways and all of those things have the 
impact or come to the point where it just normalizes these practices of unhealthy consent for the most part. And so that makes, unfortunately, healthy consent kind of appear to be this boring topic because the reality of most of our experiences tells us that unhealthy consent is the way it's just supposed to be or just the way it it is. That's just what it is. That's not really what it is or certainly not what it has to be. Healthy consent is about respect. It's about listening. It's about communication. And it also actually increases the chances of having really, really great sex. And that's what we want, right? I mean, I know what you want. That's what I want. Who really wants to have bad sex? Consent is about ownership and agency. And that means, you know, what someone owns and what they choose to share of what they own every single time. It's not dependent on what a person wears, how they look, where they are, the time of day, the influence of different substances. It doesn't depend on any of that. The owner, whoever is consenting, can always change their mind. And they don't anyone own anyone, <laughs> owe anyone anything. So I do want to have a, another sidebar here and a reality check. And it's pretty sobering because... Let's be really clear. We live in a world where the concept of individual sexual agency or the concept of choice in and of itself can be problematic. While the intention of all these conversations about sexual health and policies around it, the intention is to encourage people to take responsibility for their own sexuality, you know, to prevent things like sexual assault or unintended pregnancies or STDs, STIs. The cultural emphasis, which comes from a place on individual responsibility, it puts the blame and the responsibility on one party over the other, typically, and typically the oppressed person to speak up for themselves or the more vulnerable person. But it also it kind of hides the structural limitations and the inequalities or inequities and the idea that mutual responsibility has to be in place. Mutual responsibility between both or all partners, right? There's really a great article that kind of raises the question of how we can rethink sexual agency beyond autonomy, you know, because those are cultural words and not everyone actually has, again, choice. And so Marianne Sense, Sensei, proposes in this article, um, based on all of this research, a multi-component model of sexual agency that connects individual choice to the social, moral, and narrative context in which the person who's trying to make this choice navigates. Check it out. I'll link it in the show notes. But getting back to what we're talking about, the assumption with our conversation today is that we're talking about healthy, equitable sexual conditions. Right. And those things are in place for all both partners. They're all able to exercise agency and choice. And so healthy consent is the exception moving forward. That said, what is consent? How does it look? Consent is mutual communication. It's asking permission before starting any sexual activity. 
It's a verbal, voluntary, yes. Everyone is agreeing to the activity. Again, it's before the act. It's an ongoing conversation during and after. It occurs every single time. It occurs in person. Oh my God. I just thought about in this day and age, what about sexting and cyber sex types of things and receiving unsolicited, unsolicited dick pics? That what about consent? Anyway, that's that's a, that's a tangent, and I'm gonna have to do some research on that on the cyber security around consent. And it occurs with each encounter or each new activity, so it's an ongoing conversation. Again, it occurs before you start any sexual activity. So how do you do that? You just make sure. People are cool with it. Make sure your partner or your partners understand and agree to participate in the sexual activity. Again, remember, sign here, sign here, initial here. Really just cover your bases. What sexual activity you might be wondering? That's anything sexual. So kissing, touching, sexual intercourse of any kind, oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex, and so on and so forth. Consent isn't just about legality, although, you know, legality is important. That lets you know who has the permission to do what. But hopefully your motivation for gaining or understanding consent is more than the legality of like, you know, say, avoiding felonies. But here's a little bit of U.S. law, at least, about close in age consent and how it applies to each group. Because age matters in a particular way with consent because of vulnerable populations, especially the youth. So typically, for the most part, under the age of 12, a person under the age of 12 cannot consent to any type of sexual activity. 12 and 13, remember this is close in age consent. So if you're between the age of 12 and 13, you can consent if the partner is not a person of authority and less than two years older. If it's between the age of 14 and 15, you can consent, again, if the person is not in a position of authority and less than five years older. And if it's between 16 and 18, they can consent if the partner is not a person of authority, period. So just a little ways thinking about the younger folks. But other things that matter with consent beyond age, remember, again, is that mutual communication thing. So if it's not mutual or if a person cannot communicate, then it's not consent. If a person is drunk, high, asleep, passed out, they can't give consent. If you're pressuring someone into sexual activity, again, that does not equal consent or mean that you've gotten it. If you didn't hear no, that doesn't mean you have consent. The absence of a no is not a yes. Mental state matters. Mental status matters. Think about people in institutions or vegetative states. Age matters again. Very young. Very old. Body language matters. And this is going to take us into the art of consent. We'll get there in a moment. But if a person gives a verbal yes, but they're body language says no guess what you don't have consent okay so then how do you get consent i mean you gotta pay attention again the art and science of consent sometimes it's verbal 
So you can ask for it. If you ask for it, you got to respect the response and the and their boundaries. Okay. How do you ask for consent? Say things like, hey, <laughs> is this okay with you? Do you want to do this? Can I do this? How about that? What about that? Again, ongoing conversation. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do this? Is it okay with you? And then all the different things. Sometimes it's physical. You know, you might be in them sexy vibes. Eye contact, returning loving touches, guiding each other, reciprocating things. That's a physical communication that, okay, I'm in agreement with you, right? Sometimes consent is energetic, you know? You, and, and you can you can check for this by checking in with yourself and with your partner, partners. Are you comfortable? Are they comfortable, uncomfortable? Is there some tension? Are they scared? Are they conflicted with what's going on? And if you really just don't know, again, take it back to the beginning, ask. Always ask for consent and always respect the answer. Since we just learned that we're not going to be one-sided with consent here, let's talk about how you can help your partner be by being clear about your consent, right? Yep, you can model for your you can model consent for your partner by giving consent. So how do you give consent? You can clearly agree by saying that you want this. You know, you can say yes or some other affirmative response like, "Fuck yeah, I'm really loving this. Let's do this." You can clearly disagree with something by communicating to your partner that you don't want it. Right? You can say, "Hey, I, I really don't want that. I don't like that." Why don't we try something else? Or mm, let's stop. You can clearly communicate physically, you know, by guiding, showing, pausing, slowing down, stopping, right? Or you guys can communicate together by finding out what you like together. Again, basically, yes means consent and no means no. Period. Oh, wait. Consent can be withdrawn. Okay, if someone changes their mind, they change their mind, even after they say yes already, even if it was just two minutes ago. Now it's a no. Right. So the final point, what's sex without consent? It's sexual assault. You don't want that on your karmic record. And nobody really wants to experience sexual assault for real. Like it's a terrible, terrible thing well that's it for today you've just completed another lesson of coochie university this was the first module coochie lover's guide of module two and the first lesson of module two i should say coochie consent join me next week coochie lover as we begin to observe and learn from the perspective of your five senses we're gonna learn about the coochie The smell, the touch, the taste, the sound, (laughs) all of it. And in the meantime, check out the website, coochiebusiness.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, receive some updates and behind the scenes things. You can scroll around and click on links and send anonymous or not questions that you have, topics you want to discuss, a story you want to share. Who knows? I just might read it on air. 
You can also send your questions or stories directly to questions at coochiebusiness.com or stories at coochiebusiness.com. And coochie is spelled C-O-O-C-H-I-E. And last but not least, subscribe to the podcast. Your subscription helps the podcast grow by making it easier for new listeners to find the show. So subscribe on your podcast platform of choice today. Don't stop there, though. Rate the show and leave a comment with the review. I'll see you next week.